Welcome to Detroit Strange. Our podcast. <laughs> Indeed. Hopefully you knew that by now. Yeah. Thanks for joining us again. Hopefully. Yeah. Or if you're joining us for the first time. Welcome. There's more shows that you can listen to before this. On the Planet Podcast Network. I'm in our, I mean, I'm at episodes of our show as well. That too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> We're off to a really good start. We sure are. I mean, not as rough a start as our live show yesterday. No, we had to to start over because your mic wasn't on. It sure was not. <laughs> you know what though? It's okay. It was it was our bad pancake, and, and we... it, it made for a lot of fun. The audience was there with us. Yes. Thank you. If you came out last night. It was great seeing so many people in the audience. Yes, it was such a lovely audience too. Yes, very responsive. They gave it up when they're supposed to give it up with the applause. Yeah, but very respectful. Yes. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Hopefully we'll be doing more of those soon. Yeah, Probably won't be Halloween fun. related, but we'll yeah. find other things to do about. Yeah. No, that was a blast. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. So we're going to have to do more of those. Yeah. So anything new with you? Since yesterday? No. Uh, <laughs> no, actually I am moving this weekend. I'm sorry, but well, exciting. Yes. This moving is, sucks. New places. Good. Yes, exactly. So I went over today and just dropped off like, you know, a carload of stuff and it's really exciting. We have huge like living spaces. Oh, I love that. Yes. Like we have an extra, I don't even know what to call it room. A possibilities room. Yes. It's going to be like kind of our desk and work room. Cause my uh, new roommate, she does like a lot of sewing and stuff like that. She does, uh, um, Can she like darn? costume design because I'm thinking about Halloween. Ooh. I meant fashion, not costume. I mean, she could probably make costumes, but I don't think that's Both. her jam. Yeah, but I'm very excited. I'm excited to get it done with is what I'm excited for. Yes, you can finally set it up and feel comfortable in your space. Mm -hmm. And then I can maybe start getting to places on time again like I used to do. Uh, can't relate. <laughs> I feel like I've just been late forever recently. You know, I used to be pretty decent. Not, I'm not going to say infallible, but like pretty decent at being on time. But the past couple months, I have not. Yeah, the, I apologize to anybody who has had to wait on me for something. Same. I've just started saying, I'm here, I'm queer, I'm sorry, I'm late. See, I don't have a cool saying. Maybe that's what I need to do instead, just find a cool state. When you're running in the car running late, come up with a cool saying. Okay. Oh, yeah. Like drive time thinking? Yeah. Okay. Right. Best so, thoughts. Yes. Yeah. Anything new with you? Um, Not really. I'm just excited. It's the weekend. Um, Having a Halloween party this weekend. Ooh. I'm going to do a Halloween party at the Ant tonight for Dr. Spookers. I'm Ooh, very excited. Me too. It's going to be so good. We'll hopefully post some pictures about that. Because mm -hmm. we both got some good costumes tonight. Yep. We'll see what they actually look like when we make them. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> but other than that, speaking of Halloween parties, our drink today is, I'm calling it Party Punt or Party Potion. Ooh, it's very pretty. It looks like a cloud on top, a pink cloud on top of a less saturated pink cloud. I always think of it if, like, because you know when they throw water on the Wicked Witch of the West, she turns into a puddle? Mm -hmm. I imagine this is what would happen if you threw water on Glenda the Good Witch. Oh, it does look like Because it looks like dissolved Glenda the Good Witch. Oh, that is delicious, though. Right? Yeah, and it's not, like, overly sweet. That's good. I'm glad it's not overly sweet because there's a lot of sweet things in it. Oh, tell me. Uh, Sherbert, 7-Up, and vodka. Ooh, oh, I used really? plain vodka. Up. Yeah. I thought it was soda water. That's how not overly... Uh... I th I remember seeing commercials. Seven Up started doing natural things, so maybe it's the natural Seven Up. Oh, 
I don't know. Good on you, Nat. Nat seven. Oh nope. You tried. I was doing a D and D reference or something for some reason. Nat, like nope, nope. Natch. <sighs> well. Think it sounds I'm, like a good weekend. Yeah, I'm really excited for this weekend. We're starting off in the studio, so that's exciting. Yeah, I like this. I like the the Friday record. Same. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty excited about my story today because <gasps> it's pretty ooky spooky. Yes. And touches on some things, touches on some topics, but it's a new story. Okay. So, have you heard of Thomas Lynn Bradford? No. Good. <laughs> oh, if I said yes, would it have broken your heart? I don't have a heart, so we're good. Okay. Fair. Um, but Thomas Lynn Bradford was a spiritualist who lived in Detroit. Oh, I know about that. Yeah. I do go a little bit into spiritualism, so there is some overlap. I apologize. But I think I I think I touched on some different things about spiritualism. Okay, yeah. I mean, when I talked about it, I talked about the very base level. Yeah, so I go a little so. deeper. Yeah. Every time we talk about it, we should go a little deeper. Yep. So Thomas Lynn Bradford, he was born in Detroit sometime in the latish 1800s. There's no birth year because records, who okay. cares? Yeah. But he went to college in Chicago at Columbia and then he came back to Detroit. Good on him. Yeah. And so he was kind of a job hopper. Like he was like just some of the jobs I saw listed in the articles I read about him were electrical engineer, pro athlete, actor. So kind of just like a little bit of everything. I can relate. Yeah. A lot of hats. Yep. <laughs> can definitely relate to. So, but then he got into spiritualism and I wrote, I smell a word journey. (laughs) So I have a quote, spiritualists view the afterlife as a place where spirits continue to live and evolve once the soul has left the physical body at the time of death. So it's kind of belief that humans don't really die in the traditional sense, rather their spirit lives on and have both the ability and inclination to communicate with the living world. Okay. Yeah. And like I said, like the quote mentioned, spiritualists believe that the spirit world isn't static and that the spirits continue to evolve. Oh, interesting. Actually, I was listening to um, a podcast and they were talking about how spirits are on such a different like level than humans Mm -hmm. that they think, well, okay. So they were talking about people having like relative spirits around and how it makes them feel better, except for sometimes when they're alone and want to do things that people do when they're alone. Yeah. Yes. You know, adult things. Yeah. Uh, and how that's kind of awkward. Like darn a sock. Yep. Like darning socks. But they were talking about how like to like a spirit, they're just on such a different level. That's like just a cute little human thing. Yeah. It's like when we watch like a kid, like, I don't know, like stick their tongue out or something. Like, it's just like, yeah. oh, look at that little kid, like playing around. Good dipshit. <laughs> playing around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that makes sense that there's more like, I don't want to say brain evolution because obviously the brain is missing, but like uh, awareness. Yeah, I think, like, because if you think about it, so like the spirit kind of, like, lives and continues on in like this other realm. And so just kind of imagine, like, you died in, like, 1642 because you got the plague or you drowned or something. Uh-huh. And your spirit just kind of, like, lives on and it's just, like, been chilling for 400 years. Of course you know so many more things than someone who's just, like, 27, for example. Yeah, because, you, well, you've experienced more. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's how we hopefully grow and mature. Yeah. As, as in our human form. So makes sense. Yeah. So spiritualists kind of just believe that continues after death. And because they believe that the spirits communicate and the spirits continue to evolve, they are more advanced than us. That leads to the third belief that spirits can provide knowledge about moral and ethical issues and about the nature of God. 
And spiritists also have what they called spirit guides, who are spirits that are contacted often and relied upon for guidance. I think my first thought about this was for some reason was Grandmother Willow. <laughs> Just like guidance spirit. I mean, it's pretty accurate. Yeah. She she had some knowledge. We were talking about, this is the second time I've talked about Grandmother Willow today, because at work we were talking about like, we were talking about dying for some reason and just uh-huh. like, like cremation, all that. And just what, whatever. And we, my coworkers like, I want to be cremated and like plant, like scattered ashes around a tree. So I get to like, you know, mm-hmm. but that, and like, she's like, you know, just like, like become part of the tree and like become grandmother Willow. Yes. Got it. <laughs> you can get planted as a tree though. Like that's like a whole thing. Like people will get cremated and then, um, be planted with the trees so that essentially like you grow to be like your ashes contribute to like the tree i would be the spookiest tree and i want that for me i know i'd want to be like one of those gnarly ones where like it almost looks like vines growing up the sides and then like it's very very wide at the top but like lots of shade Ooh, yeah yeah i want to be like a weeping willow just kind of hitting people in the face with my branches <laughs> bring in the sass yes <laughs> when some people come and try and do some bullshit like now whap <laughs> So some of the origins of spiritualism is it first appeared in the 1840s in upstate New York. That part of New York was called the Burned Over District because in the early 1800s, they saw a lot of new religions formed and a revival of old religions, which I wrote, hey, Mormons, I think that's where the Mormons came from. Uh, that sounds about right. I, I don't, I, all I know is a South Park episode. So podcast. yeah, the only, the only references I have for Mormons are the South Park episode I think one of the girls I went to high school with was a Mormon. And then in the movie GBF, one of the girls is a Mormon and she's kind of just like, we don't drink caffeine or like blah, blah, blah. I had a Mormon friend in high school, so I knew a little bit, but he wasn't a very good Mormon then, but he is now. And then I also, uh, oh, the Book of Mormon. Which I is need to see that. A very good, <laughs> like, I mean, it tells you a little bit, but it's not necessarily. The most, yeah. Yeah. The most I still want to see it. Mormon, uh, it's great. It's so funny. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've heard it. I've heard about it. I heard good things. Yeah. Next time it comes back, I'll have to go see it. But so there was two main guys that kind of like got the ball rolling for spiritualism: uh-huh. Emanuel Swedenborg and Franz Mesmer. So Swedenborg was a man of science in like engineering and physics until he had some like I wrote that so Raven moments <laughs> where he just kind of like had visions and really crazy things. And he took it as being called up by God to reform Christianity and to form a new ch- or to introduce a new church. Uh, Swedenborg claimed he communicated with the spirits while awake and described the structure of the spirit world. And there were two main ideas that he gathered from this, that there's not a single heaven and hell, but levels of heaven and hell. Okay. And spirits are intermediaries between humans and a higher power, usually God, because it's America. And the divine would sometimes use them to communicate with us. Despite this, he was like, don't try it. Don't do this. Don't try and commu- don't try to communicate with them. It's possible, but don't do it. Which like, uh, that's the number one way to make people want to do it. Right. So that was what he did. And then Mesmer, he was credited with what we know today as hypnotism. Okay. Which was originally called mesmerism. I was just about to say, was he mesmerizing? <laughs> yeah. That's where the term mesmerized come from. Wow. It's because mesmerism was the original name for hypnotism. Uh-huh. And so mesmerized comes from that. I would love to have a term. No, I don't know what term would be coined after me. Scratch that. Scratch that. We'll figure it out uh, through the course of the show. Okay. And so Mesmer believed that this trance-like state could be used to contact supernatural beings. So we're journey going back to Thomas Lynn Bradford. So why do I bring him up in regards to spiritualism? Yes, why? 
So Bradford, like I said, fell deep into spiritualism. Like he wrote essays, gave lectures on it and the occult and some other supernatural stuff. He started marketing himself as a psychic in the Detroit area. And he got so deep that he wanted to try and prove it, prove that there was an afterlife and that you could communicate from this. How do you think he tried this? Ooh, okay. Um, he would try to put people down in a chair and then he would have them, this is hard, um, count backwards from seven. You're way overthinking this. <laughs> and then he would hypnotize them. No. Wow. So he's like, how can I prove that you can speak to people who have died? I know. I'll kill myself. <gasps> yeah. What? Yeah. So on February 6th, 1921, which also was my sister's birthday, obviously not 1921, yeah. but February 6th, he sealed his apartment, blew out the pilot light on his heater and cranked the gas. <sighs> which like at first I was like, in a weird way, I respect him for not like convincing someone else to kill themselves. He's like, you know what? I'm yeah. putting my money where my mouth is, which is like morbid. But then I also thought about it, like, he lived in an apartment building. You're just trying to turn that gas up. Like what if it had blown up? There'd be, a lot of angry sp- there'd be a lot of angry spirits waiting for him. Yeah, that's true. But obviously he believed. Very deeply. Deeply, yes. Well, we'll get to that. Uh-oh. So he was later found dead by the police, which was like contradicted in an article because this, um, I didn't know the New York Times did this, but like there were two New York Times articles about this in February of 1921. Mm-hmm. And the Times is this thing called the Times Machine, where you could actually look at the newspapers from that year oh, or like cool. from that day. So I read two articles from the Times and this is where I got some of this information. It's like digital microfiche. Yeah. Exactly. You can even download them as a PDF. I'm going to put screenshots of them on the Instagram. But That's awesome. Yeah. So the cause of death was determined to be asphyxiation, which like, no shock. Like, Yeah. That's pretty obvious. That was his plan. Yeah. And they found in his typewriter a page that read the following. And it is through scientific facts that I propose to demonstrate clearly the phenomena of the spirits and prove that all the phenomena are outside the domain of the supernatural. Whoa. So obviously the news had a field day with this. Yeah. Like it reached the times, which I just imagine is a big newspaper back then. I would think so. I mean, New York was a pretty substantial Bustling city. metropolis. Yeah. Yes. But so the headline for that was Detroit student of spirit communication ends life, perhaps an effort to test theory. And in the article, it was stated that near his hand, typewritten pages were found asking, can the dead communicate with the living? And it also mentioned a Detroit girl who answered an ad Bradford put out asking for someone to help prove the dead communicate with the living. So he put this ad, like vague ad out in the paper uh-huh. and this girl answered it. Oh my gosh, this is terrifying. And like, it's a Detroit girl because I looked into it further and like the second article, it said that her name was Ruth McDoran, who is about 40 years old. Okay. So not a girl. A woman. A woman. She was a woman. But... She was also a writer and a lecturer from a prominent Detroit family. Oh, wow. She, a smart woman. Yes. And she recently returned to work on a historical research project, and she wasn't a spiritualist, but an Episcopal, but just found it interesting. Oh, wow. You know, that makes sense, though. If she was a lecturer and stuff, she obviously, had, you know, a had a curious mind. Yeah. And like wanted to be educated about things, which is great. Yeah. No, totally. Like, I, you know, she seemed like a cool reasonable woman yeah did she so did she know his plan no that's what she's okay. she claims that she didn't know he was going to off himself but said i'm his friend if he can cause the spirit to come back to earth i believe his spirit will come back to me first i believed him in life and will wait to see if there's any spirit manifestation if there is such a thing as spirit communication i believe he will make his presence known to me interesting 
So the police were suspicious that, like, did this woman kill him? Yeah. For good reason. Yeah, I mean, that's a terrible spot to be in. Yeah. But they kind of were like, there's no real motive here. Yeah. Like, I think she's telling the truth. So they're like, she's telling the truth. But, like, going back to Bradford, he believed that by bringing her on board and telling her about spirit, like, kind of getting their minds in sync. He was trying to, like, get their minds attuned so that... And, like, the next step of the experiment was to, uh, one of them must, like, shed of its earthly mantle kind of thing. Get out of Earth. Yeah. So this article contradicts that he was found by the police, but it was instead found by the guy whose building he was rooming in. Oh. And here's what he had to say about Bradford. He kind of made it sound like he was on hard times financially. Uh Like, he asked Bradford if he wanted his laundry done for 85 cents, and Bradford replied, If I had that much, I would be a millionaire. Oh. Which... No, you'd have 85 cents. I was going to say, no, you would just be able to get your laundry done by somebody else. Right. Which, I mean, that is definitely out of my bracket, but... And then they found his body. There's five cents, like, in his pocket. And in the room, there were a couple of pawn tickets, a couple of works in spiritualism, two trunks, and three cheap watches. Oh, so very bare bones. Yeah. And the article also revealed that he used to pole vault at the Detroit Athletic Club, and then he would put on a frock coat and impersonate Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Oh. And I was like, frock coat, my queen. And then I looked it up. I'm like, <laughs> oh, no, that's a man's coat. Okay. Oh. Right. Yeah, you think frock coat. Exciting. I get It like made it sound like it was like a coat that had a skirt built in. Or like It just like it looks like something. a long a long coat that kind of flares out at the bottom. Oh, okay. So like, like Jack the Ripper style. Like exactly. Okay. In fact, that's probably what Jack the Ripper had. Because it mentioned like that was the time period. That was the yeah. look. The Luke. And so, you know, all this happened. Now, Duran was like, I have to try and contact him now. Yeah. He's dead. Didn't think this was going to happen. But now I know my job. Yeah. So she got a group of Detroit spiritualists together to have seances in her home to attempt to talk to him, but didn't make contact. But that same week, Lulu Mack, a spiritualist, came out of the woodwork to tell a local newspaper that Bradford had contacted her, but she didn't have knowledge of him or the experiment. Like she had a feeling that she was being called on by an unknown spirit, so she had a seance to try and figure it out, which I also wrote like comment on the Ouija board, <laughs> which is like that song. Like, mm-hmm. I just love it. She's like, you want to talk to me? Put down the phone and pick up the board. <laughs> I'll be your Carolyn. I'll be your pentagram. Great song. Good Halloween bop by Sharon Needles. It's on your uh, list. It your is. Halloween list. It is. I love it. And it, most of Sharon Needles' music I'm here for. But... So when she did the seance, she heard a faint spirit voice calling out the name Thomas Bradford. Thomas Bradford. Okay. Yeah. And so when they asked her why he contacted her, not Duran, here's what she had to say. That he was only in the first sphere of heavenly constellation and wasn't strong enough to communicate with someone like Duran yet. And I got other from that comment was like, she wasn't a spiritualist. So yeah. she didn't, maybe he, she was like, well, this bitch is a poser. Doesn't know what she's talking about. I'm a spiritualist. I can talk to him. Well, to a certain degree too, people do talk about people who are open to it or are like, true. Like, but like this antennas one, for it. Whereas somebody, and there are people who are, again, this is all. Yeah. But like Durant seemed into like, it. She, even though she didn't claim to be a spiritualist, she seemed pretty open to it. But not as open, yeah. probably, as someone who's... Yeah, I get what like, you're saying. Yeah, supposedly there are people out there who are basically, like, walking antennas for it. Whereas there are other people who are, like, maybe weaker antennas. And then there are people who will, like, never pick something up. Yeah. Okay. So, so it, you know... You get yeah. the comment. Yeah. yeah. So, she also said that it might be years before he could, like, communicate. 
he needed time for his. So basically, like she was like, it could be years for him to be strong enough because he achieved death by his own hand. He needed his time for his soul to repent the decision and gain the power to speak with the living. Okay. So, kind of because he's trying to cheat the system by killing himself. Yeah. The the system was like, well, you got to figure out that, that was wrong. Now you, you got to work extra hard. Right. Yeah. So after hearing this, Ruth decided to try one more time to talk to him. Okay. So in her parlor with a group of people, she claimed she could hear him, clutched her temples, closed her eyes, and screened for a pen and paper to write down this message from the professor, which she called him the professor. I don't know why. Oh, well. Yeah. Respect? I don't know. But here's what she claimed he said. I am the professor who speaks to you from beyond. I have broken through the veil. The help of the living has greatly assisted me. I simply went to sleep. I woke up and at first did not realize that I had passed on. I find no great change apparent. I expected things to be much different. They are not human forms are retained in outline, but not in the physical. I have not traveled far. I am still much in the darkness. I see many people. They appear natural. There is a lightness of responsibility here, unlike in life. One feels full of rapture and happiness. Persons of like natures associate. I am associated with other investigators. I do not repent my act. My present plane is but the first series. I am still investigating the future planes regarding which we in this plane are just as ignorant as our earthly beings of the life just beyond human life. So he wrote a book. I know. The long, like, she was sitting there the writing long, this down. Yeah. Like, thank God she was writing it, not like a Ouija board, just like, M, Y, space. Did she get a hand cramp? I hope so. <laughs> so. But after this, she collapsed. When she came to, she was like, no, that was him. I am fully convinced that was Bradford talking to me. Okay. You know, people call it, kind of called it a hoax because it seems fishy. And, you know, Bradford seem to be on hard times. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's something that's hard to tell. That's a hard to tell and test. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Also, our brains are crazy. Like they, they, they do so many things that we don't even, you know, know that they're doing. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Like, I don't know. The, it's a wrong fact, but you only need a certain percentage of your brain. It's a wrong fact, but I think the idea stands. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I've heard different numbers. It's all really low though. It's all like under 12 or something like that. Yeah. yeah it's insanely low. Yeah, but so nobody really knows. I mean, obviously there was no way to prove it if he contacted or not. But, you know, I thought it was interesting that they had, you know, that this happened in Detroit. And just like being so sure of something that like I'm going to off myself to prove that this is real. That's like such a gamble. So extreme. And extreme, yeah. Like, why not try and talk to somebody? But I mean, I don't know. There's no coming back, though, from that. Oh, I know. It's just kind of like... And then your work slash studies are done, you know? Like, he he couldn't contribute anymore past that. But, I mean, it accomplished it in the fact that we're still talking about him right now. That's true, yeah. I mean, it... it... Attention whore. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, I guess he wanted to, so I can't... Yeah. Oh, but that's heavy. It is. Let me cite my sources to lighten it up. Yes, please. So, the dailydetroit.com, Reddit, Wikipedia, New York Times, and the Times Machine from the New York Times. Okay, cool. Yeah. Sounds like you had to do a little digging, which I did. Kind of fun sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting. It was when I was looking up the urban legends, one of the things was like, a ghost story you'll never believe, or like a ghost story from Detroit past that you've probably never heard. 
that was the first article I read that's kind of sparked me. So I went in researching. That's awesome. Yeah. No, like I said, I was like really excited about this story. I mean, it's morbid, but like interesting. Yeah. And I've never, I've never heard of it, but now it's fascinating. Right. I was like, Jess is going to love this. <laughs> I'm predictable. You're not predictable. <laughs> we just know each other. That's true. But yes, that's, uh, that's my story. Cool. Good job. Thank you. Way to find a, a nice little nugget like that. Thanks. I promise I'll stop getting heavy after this one. I'll lighten up for a couple episodes, but I already picked my next topic and I had to rent a book for this one. So yeah. And there'll be a returning character, not a character, but there'll be a returning name. Okay. So there's going to be crossover sometimes for sure. Yeah. So stay tuned for that one. Awesome. Intrigued. Yes. Now I'm going to go back and listen to all your episodes and figure it out. No, I'm just kidding. I can tell you what episode. Be my story too. Ooh. Yeah. Episode one. Oh, oh, yeah. interesting. Deep cut. Yeah. Also a book one. Yeah. 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 Cool. So Intrigued. that's all I'll say. Cool. Would you uh, like to play a little game? I sure would. Awesome. So um, I'm going to be talking about dreams. Dreams. These dreams alone when I close my house. <laughs> the reason is that's all we can afford. I uh, was telling my my new roommate today. I was like, I had the weirdest dream the other day that you texted me, and you randomly were like going to our house even though we couldn't get into it yet. And you texted me that most of the street was handicap parking, and so parking was going to be really hard for like you know living there. That never happened, and. There's no reason. Like, I mean, it it happens. There's handicap parking sometimes, but a whole street is rarely ever all. I always hate when dreams are like just mundane enough to believe that like the best example I have of this is one day I was like, like sleeping. I dreamed that there are cherry fig newtons in the cupboard. <laughs> and then the next day I got up and was like, oh, yeah, fig newtons. That's a bomb. And then they weren't there. They weren't there. Or a ghost took them. Possibly. And then I started thinking, like, wait a minute, do they even make cherry fig newtons? I think they do. I think so too, but I... They flavors. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was just like, I I did honestly think it was real for a second, but like that I was just remembering like how much, I don't know, it was very strange. And then I got there today, I was like, this, no, there's so much parking on our street. Because I think what it is, is I really, really like your new apartment, mm-hmm. but it was kind of like, well, what's the problem going to be? You know, kind of yeah. situation. Is parking going to be a problem? Maybe there's no problem. Maybe there's not. Yeah. Although all the smoke alarms were going off today. <laughs> My roommate, thank goodness, we have very high ceilings. She found a ladder in the closet and was taking care of it when I got there today. That's and I was nice. Like, you are such a peach. Uh, thank you. Jam. Can't wait to be here. Yeah, she's great. So we're going to talk about dreams. Okay. Within five minutes of waking up, 25% of your dream is forgotten. The average person spends six years of their life dreaming in total. And on average, you can have anywhere from four to seven dreams a night. Mm, it's hard because they're all numbers ones. Yes. Oh, I didn't do that on purpose. No, I know. I feel like a jerk. No, no, no. That's totally cool. Because like... Actually... That makes it harder. And I like oh, that. I should have done a different one. But... I'm going to guess the second one. Six years of your life dreaming. Because I think it's much higher. So we spent a third of our life sleeping. I feel like most people live past 18. So. Uh, no, that one's true. Damn. I think what it is is because you're not always dreaming. True. You have, I'm pretty sure you have REM. to become in REM. Yeah. yeah. 
um, which actually you become physically paralyzed during REM. And yeah, sleep yeah. paralysis, right? Uh, well, sleep paralysis is a little different because it means that your body is still in that state, but that you can open your eyes, ah. but you can't move anything. Like the rest of your body is physically asleep. That's terrifying. Just like your eyes and like, I believe like your, your brain is kind of, your, the brain that, part of the brain that like processes what we see. Like, so probably like your, oh, fuck, I didn't say the name. I lost it. Cere- cerebrum is awake. Your cere- cerebellum is asleep. Yes, 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 yes. It's not like That's that. That's why a lot, uh, a lot of people see like weird stuff. Like a lot of, um, a lot of times when people think they see like a spirit or something like that, like a lot of people will see shadow figures when they have sleep paralysis. That's like a side thing along with it. Terrifying. Yeah. And then there's always a debate, like, did they see something? Was it sleep paralysis? You know, yeah. kind of thing. No, did you want to guess out, out of the other two? Four to seven dreams a night. And then what was the first one? Within five minutes of waking up, 25% of your dream is forgotten. You know, it's that. It's got to be that one because you forget way more than 25%. Ding, 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 ding. Okay. Yeah, you forget 50. That sounds about right. I had Five a- minutes? No, that makes sense because like, I used to like, when I'd have a really weird dream, I would wake up, roll over, grab my phone and just like type some notes about it and then like fall back asleep. I would do that with, yeah, like a little notebook I had for a while. I knew it was a lot, but like, I just thought throughout the day it would like add another percent for every like minute or something. You know what I mean? Like yeah. That kind of thing. So like 50% within five minutes is insane. Yeah. It's a lot. That's, that's interesting. That's dreaming. I always like thinking about dreams because like, I don't, so you're like, oh, I dream every night. And that's not, that's not the case for me. I don't dream every night. Everybody dreams every night. You just don't remember them. Duh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But like, I don't, cause like there's, you know, there's nights where you just, you just sleep and you don't like think you had a dream you well know? you might not get to rum yeah maybe that's it like if you're a really bad sleeper you might not get to that state where your brain can do that that's very possible yeah a couple other things that i just think are fun and this one i've i've known for a while but i i just enjoy it you can only dream about faces you've already seen i've heard that mm-hmm. which is insane but it makes so much sense because think about how many millions of faces you've seen in your life yeah there's there is tv there's movies there's yeah um magazines there's everybody you walk by on a daily basis mm-hmm. yeah you've seen that person but it's oh because you do you know the people in your dreams regularly it kind of depends on the dream okay for me it's like maybe 15 percent of the time i know the people and like 85 percent of the time i have no idea who they are in real life okay i feel like my percentage is a little higher because i feel like i dream about people that i know more often than not okay yeah no I, or at least there's usually at least one person i know in the dream okay that's fair no, for me, it's very regular for me to know anybody in my dream, which is weird because I'm like, so I'm dreaming about people I've seen, but like, I don't know Yeah, most of the time. 12% of people dream in black and white. I knew some people did. I didn't know the percentage. Yeah. And then um, blind people can still see images in dreams. Huh. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense though because they experience the world in a different way, but they still, they have all their sen- senses. Yeah, I guess that makes heightened. sense. So like, their senses are perceiving things that, you know, our other senses can't. Yeah. And so they're shaping the world around them. So they still understand, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, everybody still understands the world. It's just like, how do we understand it? What, what yeah. tools are we given? And when you're lacking a tool, your other tools kind of become sharper, sharper. So like they, you know, still know what a cup is, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. obviously it's just, you know, different ways than we do. That's interesting. Yeah. I was, I was trying to figure out though, I wonder how they figured that out. Like, right. What, what was like the, the radar for, for. That's why I think it's so hard with like dream facts. Cause it's like, how, like, how did they study this? Yeah. 
But it's interesting to think about regardless. It is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I like dreams. I Same. like dream analysis sometimes. I don't do it that often, but I do think it's pretty interesting when you like, like I always have like the, um, the teeth dreams yeah, and stuff. And they're all like a little bit different. Yeah. Usually they just mean like stressed or anxious. So yeah. Sense, but <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I think that about wraps it, right? I think so too. I did want to let everybody know though, uh, this Thursday, Halloween, Ooh, we're going to be releasing our live episode we did last night. Yes, our ooky spooky Halloween yeah. spectacular. A little bit of a bonus. Yeah, so if you couldn't make it out to this live show, you'll still get to hear most of it. Yeah, or if you want to, you know, listen again. <laughs> yeah, if you were there and you want to like, hey, I don't remember everything, I can listen again now and hear it again. Yeah, I mean, I do that when I've been to a live thing. Yeah. Because it's kind of fun. You're like, yeah. oh, I was there in person. I remember this part. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Something you share. Exactly. Other than that, though, I wanted to say, you know, if you did enjoy us today, please rate, subscribe. Actually, subscribe, rate, and then review. I feel like that's a good order. Yeah. Yeah, so do that. And you can, again, find us on the social medias at Detroit Strange at Gmail. <laughs> that's our email address. Sure is. <laughs> if you want to email us at DetroitStrange at gmail.com. You can do that. And our social medias are at Detroit Strange on Instagram and Twitter, and then just Detroit Strange on Facebook. And then, you know, if you're looking for some other things to listen to, head on over to the Planet Ant Podcast Network. You can find some other shows. There's a little bit of everything. We've got new stuff coming out soon, sounds like, which is pretty sweet. Yeah. And not to plug something that's not on the network, but if you are interested in spiritualism, Unobscured is doing a season about it right now. And I started listening to it. It's very interesting. I just started listening to it, but I'm only like 15 minutes in. Same. I like listened to like half the first episodes and like there's only two episodes out right now, but it was very interesting for what I heard. I can't wait to listen to more of it, but it's not a planet podcast. If you don't listen to it, it's fine. (laughs) I think it's okay if we tell people about cool stuff though. Yeah, totally. I'm into it. So until next time. Stay strange, Detroit. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast. Our theme song was created by Sax and Violence. 